All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Can you see it? Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Adam's To the line, Hughes, Jones! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. That's right. That's right, Canucks fans. In the words of the late and great Jason Botchford, let's not waste any time. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at Zephyr Epic, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms. They have a retail location in Surrey as well. They've got you covered for all your trading card needs. And my co-host today, Chris Faber, the man who built the place, took a trip out to the depths of Surrey. Yep. It's actually not that far into Surrey. I, I was thinking it was bad the way you said it. Like I thought it's I was the, it the was going to be like a drive to where you used to live in White Rock. I Oof. thought that's what it was going to be like. But no, not bad at all. Zephyr Epic, you went and checked it out. What'd you find there? Yeah, 50 minutes during uh, rush hour wasn't the worst thing. Uh, it's in the industrial area. It's my, I've been out to Zephyr before, but it was good to get out there again. By the way, head over to the Canucks Convo account right now and just reply to that tweet with like, Quinn Hughes, uh, Moritz Sider, Vasily Podkolzin, and you have a chance to win all the cards that we pulled in that live feed. And I told I told Ty when I came in there, I was like, buddy, I got good luck on the card pulls. We're going to have a great day. We pulled the best rookie from Series 1, the best rookie from Series 2. You're getting a Cole Caulfield rookie card 
the young gun. You're getting the Moritz Sider young gun, a Vasily Pod Colson young gun, uh, a Quinn Hughes insert, some other jersey card of Mitch Marner. Just reply to the tweet with any of what I just said, and uh, we're going to do the draw on the weekend and give away all of those cards, which is like we I, like after we did a quick like I asked Tyler, like what's like the value here? He's like probably looking at like four hundred, five hundred dollars worth of cards. And that's right now. That's right now. Yeah. Too. Those cards some, just came out. That Moritz Sider card, that like I wanted to just pocket that one. That It'll was sick. Do the opposite of what your Olio Levy and Nikita Triamkin cards have done. Will yeah, you throw well, in? So you don't have much use for those. Will you throw in an Akita Triamkin or Ollie Levy card into no, the No, because they, they already got it packed up in a box. So they're uh, they're getting what they get there at this point. But uh, I did talk to the uh, some of the workers there as well. Uh, and yeah, hockey season. They all know. You come in, you say hockey season. I heard on Canucks Convo, they got the $5 off your order, 50 bucks. So go check them out at the retail location. If you don't want to check them out at the retail location, you can shop online. They have a wide selection online. And the best part, you've heard it before, the best part about Zephyr Epic is they ship free Anywhere in Canada on any order over $50 from? From Grand Forks, which you say is in BC. It is. It is in BC. Okay, I feel like Grand Forks sounds like Alberta, but I went to an Alberta spot for the second one. From Grand Forks to my former stomping grounds of Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie, 69,000 people live there. Nice. Yeah, it's been a nice uptick since uh, since 1996 when only 31,000 people lived there. That's a lot of people coming there, uh, I think, for work, as I was there for work as well. The uh, the famous river, the Wapiti River, which is what you drive in when you're coming into it from the east, I believe. Drive right over that river. It's wide. It's long. It's got fish. But uh, it's dirty as well. Uh, they're home of the Grand Prairie Storm. That's their, uh, their junior hockey team. Former, here's some NHL players for you that are former Storm players. Former Storms? Former Storm? Former Storm. Former Storm. Storm alum. That's what you should yeah. say. Logan Thompson, Tanner Fritz. How's that for a name? Carter Rowney and Grant Stevenson all formerly played with the Grand Prairie Storm. And the Grand Prairie Storm, they were host of the 2004 RBC Cup, which here we go down a rabbit hole of digging here, quads. You know who was at the 2004 RBC Cup? Who? My hometown team that I grew up, and I was at a ton of these games, the 2004 RBC Cup, Nanaimo Clippers. Finished fifth out of five at the RBC Cup that year, but I would have been 11 at the time. This is the prime years where my mom dropped me off at an Nanaimo Clippers game was cheaper than daycare or for than a babysitter for the night. So <laughs> she dropped me off at five, two hours before puck drop, picked me up at 11, an hour after the game ended. So I was at a lot of these games. Captain of the team, I remember this was the jersey to have back in 2004. Michael Olson legend of the uh, Nanaimo Clippers. And you know who else was on that Nanaimo Clippers team? You'll know this because people don't like, I, just looking up the stats, I was damn surprised. Former Canuck from 2012 to 2014, Jason Garrison was on that Nanaimo Clippers team. Really? Uh, def- left shot defenseman. So check. Wait, this. wasn't Garrison right-handed? No, I thought he was a lefty, wasn't he? <laughs> I could we, be wrong. We're not cutting no, this. Not I cutting swear this. Garrison was a right-handed defenseman. Maybe. I mean, I was like 10 when he played. You might be right. Well, yeah, you were 12 years old when he was a Canuck. Played 128 games while you look up what handedness he was. Played 128 games for the Canucks. Had 15 goals and 30, what is it, 34 assists for 49 points in a season and a half shot with, left. with the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, Jason Garrison shot left. You should left. have seen him in the, in the white and orange bud. On the Nanaimo Clippers, in those gorgeous jerseys, they had the big uh, pirate ship on the front. The orange jerseys, man. The 2004. They came in last at the RBC Cup, which was hosted at Grand Prairie that year. But uh, Michael Wilson, that was the jersey. People know, if you're from Nanaimo, or even if you watched BCHL all the time, Michael Wilson was the dude. He was like the, he was a captain. He was a BCHL captain. He dropped the gloves, score goals. <laughs> he was a good, good, uh, good Canadian kid there, Michael Wilson. Okay. So, little Jason Garrison trivia for you and the listeners here. Okay. Jason Garrison, 37 years old, from White Rock, British Columbia. Yep. Last NHL team he played for. I'm not talking organization. Oh. Last NHL jersey he wore in a game. What year would it have been? It was in 2018-19. Played 17 games for this team. Florida Panthers. The Edmonton Oilers. Really? Scored a goal, too. Yeah. One point, and it was a goal. I tell you what, like 15 goals in 128 games for the Canucks. Yeah. You're getting one goal every 10 games for a defenseman? You'll take that. Absolutely. And, and I got to tell you here, I, I'm just, obviously, I was looking at his hockey DB page, but this guy played with the Syracuse Crunch last year, like wow. in the AHL. Like, he was playing AHL games last year. 
37 years old, still going Just holding it. on. Remember when he was a big part of the Vegas Golden Knights expansion draft? That's like right. They were like, Jason Garrison played eight games for them. Oof. Yeah. Maybe he'll come back and coach the Clippers. Maybe. Probably in White Rock right now. What if he gets his haircut at the same spot I do? The White Rock Barber, shout out to them. Looking at his headshot, doesn't look like he gets haircuts very often. No? Okay. No. Well, if he does, I'll tell you my, my boys out there in White Rock at the barber shop there. They'll hook him up. Promo, folks, co- they, promo code Canucks combo. They cut, uh, oh, geez, now I forgot his name. Used to be assistant coach of the Canucks, Glenn Gullitson. Yes. They, co- they yes. cut his hair. And uh, and some soccer player, they got his jersey up there, DeJong. Does that sound right? He's a white cap. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds they right. They got like a signed jersey. And I've seen it before. DeJong, DeJong. I don't know. Yeah, they, I, they I don't know. His You're asking too. the wrong guy about yeah. the white caps. The other day they were showing me this uh, big time uh, Iraqi um, singer. And he's a big deal. And he make, they, they told me he gets paid $800,000 a show. Wow. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. We don't get paid eight hundred thousand. He had a good a voice. Show. He doesn't drink. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't do any drugs. He's like eighty. Looks like he's fifty. Really? Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. In great shape. Still performing. You got the name of this guy? No. I well, they told me, but I can't remember it. I was getting my hair cut. I can only hear out of one ear. He's trimming yeah, on yeah. the other side. He's talking to me. I can't hear. It. I I just go in there. I like the haircuts when I just keep my mouth shut. They do a good job in there. Okay, that's You'll my have wedding. To go back and find my the wedding name. trim. I, I'm not allowed to cut my own beard anymore because I did it really bad last oh, time. Oh yeah. Fiance not, was not happy. I didn't notice that. Yeah, that was a while ago. It was I guess bad. there's things that your fiance notices that I don't yeah. somehow. Okay. The, sh- uh, the shirt that I wore in the YouTube video today, she wasn't happy fantastic. about that. I loved that. I loved it too. I approved that. That was casual Friday today. <laughs> that was great. It was fantastic. Okay. We're also delivered to you on top of being presented by Zephyr Epic, delivered by DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Doesn't get much better than that, folks. My name's David Quadrelli, joined as always, as I mentioned, by the man who built the place. And Chris, you actually brought something up here. Chris Faber, Yeah, so here, I'll bring it up again. Um, no, no, no. You don't even know what I'm going to say. Well, I do know what you're going to say. I can I can read off your mind. We've been doing this long enough. Yeah, I. they're not going to like this, but I didn't order DoorDash once this week. Not so I'm what proud, I wanted to talk about. I'm We're proud past of myself. 10 minutes. We're past 10 minutes. Okay. I don't want to talk about 15 this. 15 in the off season. I, don't I didn't talk order this. DoorDash once this week. <laughs> not even once. Why are you telling me this? I don't know. They probably won't like this, actually. I can't imagine why. Just right? a week off. Okay. Good for you. I'm sure you'll be back at it and but you'll I, have oh, a nice story Let me for get us. one last one for you Okay. before we get into the hockey talk. So I'm out. Uh, I go for a walk yesterday, you know, around uh, the area there. What's what do you, what's that little bay there by Science World? Is that called something? That area of water there, like around Olympic Village? Dude, you're, again, False Creek. False Creek. False Creek. Yep. Thank you. So yep. I'm walking around False Creek. They got this little uh, market going on and I buy this, uh, I buy this pasta Freshly made that morning, apparently. Pasta. Yeah, pasta. And it was um, it was like a, it was like long spaghetti, right? Like long, but it had like a, it, it was um, hollow. So it was kind of thick. It was like a thicker pasta that was just like a long spaghetti, but it was hollow down the middle. Okay. So do it you was know excellent. what it's called? No, I can't remember. Okay. But shout out to that little market there. It's a nice little market there. Thursday nights, apparently. Fantastic. I'll be back for sure. But they got like, you walk in this thing and it's like, they only got one pasta stand. They had one place that was just selling cheese curds, but they had like four kombucha. You, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. they got like four of these different kombucha. How, how much kombucha or kombucha? What do you, how do you say it? How many of these things are they selling? <laughs> Each place has like 15 flavors of the stuff. The stuff tastes like piss <laughs> or tastes like what piss smells like. Cause I haven't tried piss, but that's what it tastes like. It tastes like what piss smells. I don't know how they, they're drinking this stuff. Are you done? Yeah, we're not ever going to have a, a kombucha sponsor on the show. <laughs> Evidently, is we're not. Is it kombucha? No, kombucha. No, no, you had it. Yeah, or it's camp. Yeah, kombucha. Com- yeah. Kombucha. Isn't it just kombucha? I'll ask one of the four freaking stocks. I don't at know the why you people Falls think Creek's we're market. dumb because you keep bringing up these words that neither of us have ever used in conversation. I ever. can't even remember the past, but it was good. I could spell it, but I don't know how to say it. Okay. It's, it's like how I said plethora instead of plethora. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're going to get into it now. We got lots uh, of hockey stuff. Let's go. We do. And we have some Pacific Division news right off the hop. I didn't even have this in the show plan, but you brought up Logan Thompson, Chris. Yep. He's he's in the news lately. because because yeah, Grand Prairie Storm, 2004 RBC no, Cup. No, that's not why. Vegas Golden Knights goaltender, Robin Lehner, mm-hmm. is out for the season. Like He is expected to miss the entire season 
with hip surgery, which is obviously a tough blow to Laner, uh, 32 years old, or 31, going to be turning 32. You, you obviously don't like to see a goaltender have to get hip surgery, especially at this stage in his career. Vegas doesn't have a goaltender. Like, they have Logan Thompson, who has played 20 games, and a Canucks Army commissar actually pointed this out. And this is a very high praise for Spencer Martin, so I don't agree with it. But he said, like, this is their unproven commodity. This is their Spencer Martin. And to an extent, the commenter was right. Because this is a very unproven goaltender who, by all means, has shown well. He's now no 958 save percentage at the NHL level like Spencer Martin. Put some respect on Martin's name. Yeah. But Logan Thompson is probably going to be Vegas starter next year. Now, I heard it get thrown out there. People were joking that John Gibson should start packing his bags and all that sort of stuff. I don't think they're going to be making a trade. I think they are going to take that $5 million of LTIR room freed up by Laner going on LTIR, right? They're going to take that and run with it. Because if you look at their salary cap right now, Vegas is about $5.7 million over the cap. Again, they gave up Max Patch ready for nothing. I'm sure they're kicking themselves a little bit because now he has a torn Achilles uh, and he's going to be on LTIR as well. So that's free cap space that they could have had. Um, you know, they're going to take that cap space and just run with it, I think. I don't think they're going to be replacing it. Like, they need to get cap compliant. And I think that's probably the way they'll do it is they'll just, like, you know, they'll just put LTIR, or they'll put Laner on LTIR and that'll be that. Yeah. And I think like, even just looking at Vegas, like, you know, they, they felt like they have a strong team, but man, things have really fallen off. And I think this is something that a lot of people could have really predicted with Vegas too, that they were going to fall like big time after what, what the runs that they had after the expansion draft. But I mean, for the Canucks anyways, like this is obviously you never want to see a player get injured, but for the Canucks, you have to be excited about just kind of the, the way that Vegas is going to go into the season with, like, I don't want to say like bad mojo, but they can't be going in like as excited as they probably were of thinking like when the season ended last year, they're like, Hey, you know what? We still have a really good group. We like our goaltending. We still have a team that we think could be a playoff team and make a push. I just feel like that thought has to be downgraded throughout the off season. So I think that they're a team that uh, definitely the Canucks want to push against. And you, you kind of look at that as one of the teams that you might be battling with for whether it be the third spot in the Pacific or a wild card spot. So the Canucks need to be able to, to come out. And I think looking at those two teams, like look at the probably just the mentality going into the season, the morale of the organization, like the Canucks have some excitement. Obviously there's some questions about the JT Miller situation and that will very much change uh, your thought process going into a season as well. Whatever happens there. I know we got lots of JT Miller stuff today. We're not taking a uh, week off of JT Miller this week. We got lots of stuff, but yeah, I think that if the Canucks do come back with JT Miller in the lineup with Bruce Boudreau, everything they did last year, you have to think that their momentum is going to be a lot easier to pick up than it would be for Vegas, who just feels like they've had a a real rough off season. And this kind of just this Leonard injury just adds to it. They just didn't get better. Like, like they couldn't get better. And we talked about which teams in the Pacific got better this offseason. And, like, we'll talk about it more once the offseason's all said and done. But the one that really sticks out is, like, L.A. L.A. added Kevin yeah. Fiala. And especially if you're a Canucks fan, that's not good news that Kevin Fiala is now in the Pacific Division. And just quickly, I know we'll do World Juniors a little bit later, but... Like the fact that they traded Brock Faber for for Fiala is obviously huge, but uh, to see what their other right D is doing, like in Helga Grands, like he he's playing excellent. I don't know if he's full time with Simone Envinson, uh, but he's getting a lot of ice time with him. Like, and man, he's looking good. He's looking big. He's looking strong and offensive. Like, yeah, LA is getting getting good very fast. If I'm LA, I'm looking at JT Miller, and I'm saying we have Sean Dersey who. By all accounts, Sean Dersey could end up on waivers at some point. I don't think it'll get to that point, but you look, they've got a log jam on the right they side, have, man. They have a problem that no other team in the whole NHL yeah. has is they have too many right defensemen. Yeah. And, and Sean Dersey and might very well be the odd Fiala. man out. And I think they're yeah. going to move Sean Dersey as well. Like, right. obviously, they won't let him get to waivers because he'll get claimed like that. But you'll see a trade, I think, involving Sean Dersey before all said and done. And look, the Canucks need right side defense help. There's a fit there. No, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out, too. Speaking of JT Miller, you want to get right into it? Yeah, you let's anything do it. else here? You got your little... You got two post-its today. Normally, you just show up with one post-it. I show up with zero. You, know, you show up with zero. You write uh, four words on one post-it. Today, you got two full post-its. I do, because we have a lot to get into, Chris. JT Miller joined John Scott on the Drop in the Gloves podcast, a member of the Nation Network podcast network, I might add. John Scott, kind of a friend of the show, co-worker, 
of the show. Yeah. The show's employees. kind of like Bowman and Wyatt. They're just co-workers. They're not friends. Yeah, I don't think either of us have ever spoken to John, but uh, you had JT Miller on. This is the first time JT Miller's spoken publicly, so people are checking out our podcast network, which is good news for us. Um, so, ding dong. J- <laughs> ding dong, exactly. JT Miller spoke on the Drop in the Gloves podcast, had a lot to say. This first clip, it was interesting because he kind of reflected on the season and, you know, in the interview, they kind of opened by talking about the season that was, what went wrong, the coaching change, all that sort of stuff. Uh, And then they really got into it later and we'll talk about this later. But first, let's talk about JT's quote about what he said with Vancouver start and eventually what ultimately cost them their season in a playoff berth. Yeah, I think last year was just a bad start, no doubt. But I think that we have the team that can be in the playoffs. Like I expect us to be in the playoffs. I mean, um, this is not a guarantee by any means, but I, I, you know, I think we all should be expecting to be there. But with that being said, you know, you look at the, it's all about how you start the season. If you look yeah. at the, the playoff percentages of making it, you know, when you don't have a good start are very, very low. And I think from, we need to get off, you know, to a flying start, but like nothing should really change for us. You know, there's not a whole lot to change. I think we could defend harder and, um, that you can always defend harder, but, you know, and, and sacrifice offense for, for defense. You know, we have one of the best goalies in the world. Yeah. Some of the, one of the best defensemen in the world and some of the best young forwards. It's, we have, you know, all the pieces, you know, we expect to be playing in April, May and June. And, and you know, we have a high standard for ourselves. And, you know, I think it's going to click. I think that there's a lot of really good young players that are transferring into their second, third, fourth year and are growing up and maturing. And I think that's going to be a dangerous thing for, for other teams because I think we're starting to be bored with the long summers. And I think guys are really going to want to play when it's, when, you know, when it matters most, especially with having hockey back playoff wise this year, it was awesome. So, I mean, it, it was, you know, with the crowds and no more COVID stuff. And it, it was pretty awesome to watch that hockey. And then especially in Colorado there at the end, it was definitely a push to want to be back there. So some interesting things there. One of the things that I found really interesting, and and this came up later in the interview, Chris, but he was reflecting on the team. Uh, John Scott called them a cup contender, which is a bold take, I got to say, uh, from John there. But uh, it was interesting to hear him say say this stuff about defending. You know, he talked about the penalty kill as well and how, you know, like it, it, it's not in our clips that we have, but he did mention that, Look, like if we just killed penalties at the start of the year, we win a lot more games and we're probably in a playoff spot. They just couldn't kill penalties at the start of the year. And, you know, one thing this management regime really addressed this offseason is the penalty kill. Like I know, and again, I'm not I'm not here to, you know, carry water and say that they've done a fantastic job by any means, but they have addressed the penalty killing. Like they let Yuho Lamico, they let Matthew Highmore go and you know, you replace that with Curtis Lazar, who's a proven penalty killer. You get Ilya Mikheyev. I know you don't love the price tag if you're thinking of him just as a penalty killer, but they're going to be able to cycle through those two guys, uh, you know, two forwards and have like six pairs of forwards or whatever it is that Bruce Boudreaux wants to do. It's going to be sim- similar to last season. So again, like the penalty kill is going to be much improved like it was last year, right? It was it was dreadful. Uh, under Travis Green, and right now that's that's all looking like it's going to be changed for next year. Yeah, I think you could start to see the change last year just with, with like Boudreaux coming in and saying, you know, Pedersen, you're going to kill penalties. Quinn Hughes, you're going to kill penalties. Like making all these different adjustments to the penalty kill already was was big changes, and I think adding players like Mikheyev, I, I wonder about Kuzmenko. I don't think he killed a lot of penalties in the KHL, but is he another player who, once they're under Bruce Boudreaux, kind of becomes a penalty killer? Like, they, they have made improvements that way, and I think getting another year of defense and playing with each other uh, and just getting more comfortable, getting Quinn Hughes in there on the penalty kill, like, I, I do think it's going to help. I just, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I still, I, I like having your stars go out there and kill penalties, but to me, like, it, it shouldn't be Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson on the ice right after the penalty is taken. Like they can be the third pairing that goes out or even the second pairing that goes out for defensemen or forwards, whatever it is. But um, I, I like the situation, but I think, yeah, the, the guys that they brought in, like Mikheyev should be your first winger. He should be what Tyler Mott was doing on the penalty kill for, for the years that he was here at the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Curtis Lazar. Can he bring something? Is he good enough in the faceoff dot to be able to be a guy who goes out there with Mikheyev even on the first go? So it'll be interesting to watch it play out. But yeah, I know that you mentioned, I think um, something that, that Miller said was like, yeah, if they didn't have like a 60% 
penalty kill for the first 25 games of the season. They're, they're looking a lot better, and he's probably right. Like, they, they, they obviously would look a lot better. Remember how many nights they would just, like, two power play goals against? Oh. Like, it was, it was hard to watch a lot of the time last year. So, uh, I mean... It's interesting. We'll get to, I'm sure let's get to more Miller quotes here, but like to hear him, like he does speak at least in this interview, like he's going to be back for another year and see what happens. Right. It, it feels like it's not really his decision, but he's comfortable at least being back here with Vancouver. He, he does believe in this young team. He does believe in this group. And I think a lot of that comes from just the changes that were made with Boudreaux as well. A couple of more things that I just want to bring up. Miller also reflected on his own game. You know, he said he wants to mature as a player, and he got asked about what that means exactly. And he, you know, he talked about the frustrations, right? How he, you know, we know he's known to slam a stick every once in a while. He's known to drop a loud f bomb that's picked up by the cameras. Like he wants to get that out of his game. He he said as much, but you know, he did also add that you know this is something that drives me. And if I'm engaged like that, it means I'm probably going to be putting up points as well and playing my game well. So. Uh, it's something he wants to curb a little bit, but he also needs to walk that fine line, right? So it's something he brought up. I just found it interesting. We get to clip two. This is JT Miller on why it just isn't working out in Vancouver when he, you know, he's hearing Jim Rutherford. He's hearing all these quotes about how you know he's on the trade block and everything, and the trade rumors and all that sort of stuff. This is JT talking about that. We got through the formalities. Now we're going to get into the heavy stuff, JT. The, the elephant in the room, so to speak. You're JTF and Miller. You got 99 <laughs> points last season. You're a centerman. You're 29 years old. Why don't you have a seven-year contract in your back pocket making 10 schmill a year? What is going on? Why is your GM and the president, the Rutherford and everybody floating your name out for trades last year, the year before? How can a player of your caliber, of your ilk, not have a long-term contract, consistently be in the trade rumors every year. Last year, we talked about the same thing. You're on the trade block. Why? I don't know. If I'm a GM, I'm, I'm selling everything to get you on my team. You're the prototypical player who I want. You're Patrice Bergeron, but you get more points, and you're better looking. What? What is it? Why? Unwrap this riddle for me, because I don't know why. Well, I, as you know, I can't indulge everything here. but Yes, you can. Um, we don't no, get many I, listeners. No, I know. <laughs> uh, it, it's you know, it's a new, it's a new fit for our management. You know, it's 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 new for us. Uh, they, you know, they were there for you know three months. So I mean, they don't they don't know. There's just a lot going on, and you know, they have a lot of decisions to make on a lot of players. And you know, so far to this point, you know, with negotiations, it just. Um, we're, we're not close, as close as we'd like to be. So I, I'm not 100% sure. Everybody has a vision. And if, as I said from day one, if I, I want to be there, I want to be a part of this because I recognize everything that you've just said about, you know, when you do your predictions about how this team has everything it needs, you know, I recognize that and I want to be there. But that being said, if, if the, if it's not meant to be, I understand that too. And, you know, I'd like to, trust me, I'd like to have, a deal done in Vancouver and I want to be there, but at the same time, you know, I have to respect everybody's vision. And if that doesn't line up, uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. Interesting. Like that's the only word to describe those quotes is it really does sound like JT doesn't know if he's going to be at camp. And later in the interview, he talks about how that's a distraction. Like he said, he's like, I, I got to be honest with you. It's going to be a bit of a distraction with your livelihood on the line every night, right? And he talked about playing in a market like Vancouver where... Yeah, he's you know, very aware of that. Exactly. That, I think that's a big thing, right, is the Vancouver market. And, and he joked about how, like, if I don't score my first game, they're going to want to light my jersey on fire. Yeah, which is... That part wasn't true. He was no. going a little too far. Though. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it was Taj that tweeted out, he's like, this is so this is so insulting. We only burn down the city when it's necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Not jerseys. No, I mean, yeah, you could hear it. Like, think about it. Like, uh, the last time we heard Jim Rutherford speak on, like, Sportsnet 650 or whatever, the last interview he did was... Was he like, we're either, you know, we're going to either get a deal that works for us or we're going to have to trade him at the deadline. And like the way that JT Miller talked about it, it's nice to hear his point of view because he clearly said like in these clips that they're not close. Like they're not close to getting a deal done. This isn't, it doesn't sound like this is going to happen 
the the money that he's expecting to make. So if that's not happening from his end and Jim Rutherford's only giving two options on his end and one of those options doesn't sound like it's going the right way, everything's pointing towards a JT Miller trade, whether it be before training camp or before the deadline because that's the way the Canucks organization sounds like they want to operate. From everything that we've heard from the general manager and the president, if they can't re-sign JT Miller, they're going to trade him. We're not going to see the Canucks try and, and go into the playoffs this year or go into a playoff run with JT Miller if he doesn't have a contract after this. Will that change when the season starts yeah, happening yeah, and exactly. the team is actually pushing for a playoff spot? Like you can say it right now for sure, but when you're, you know, when you're two points up on the in the wild card and you're holding on to a spot at the deadline, are you really trading JT Miller when he has like say like 85 points in, in 68 games? Like be pretty tough to do that. It would be real tough to trade away from that that'll player be, at that point. That'll be a very interesting crossroads is that, for this management like, regime if it gets to that point. I don't think it's going to get to that point. Just think, I just think it is. I think that's the way that the Canucks work, man. Like I don't if, think uh, we're looking trade deadline. This organization long enough, if they don't trade JT Miller before the deadline, I can almost guarantee that the Canucks will be holding on to the final wild card spot at the deadline, and that's the situation that's going to present itself. That's just the way Canucks hockey goes, man. Yeah, I don't know if we'll get there. I really think he's traded yeah. midseason before the trade deadline. Right. I really do. And I think that's very possible, too. And it's not like, you know, depending on the return, it's not going to derail the Vancouver Canucks. You know, if they get a right D that makes sense for Quinn Hughes, that helps the team. If they get a center who's a third-line center... You have some options with Patterson and Horvat playing your top six. Like it's not like a JT Miller trade completely derails this organization. I still yeah. think they need to do it if they're not going to be able to re-sign him in the way that Jim Rutherford has presented the two options. Doesn't sound like the one option is going to be possible, so it sounds like a trade is going to be possible. I mean, if you're getting multiple pieces back, you're adding a pick to help your prospect pool. You're getting you know a center who can play on your third line. You're getting a defenseman who maybe plays with Quinn Hughes. Like all those pieces make a lot of sense, man. Like it's. It, even if you are near the playoffs, I still think you can't let this guy walk for nothing, man. Oh, like I you agree. Can't. I don't think he gets to that point. If it does, that's a failure. That's a failure for the management regime, yeah. right? And Canucks fans will want to see a lot of Canucks fans. They just want to see JT Miller play for the Canucks, right? The they only love way, JT Miller. The only way you can justify keeping Miller, I think, is if you're like top of the Pacific, yeah. and your team is just on an absolute roll. I think that's the only way. Yeah, I think if you're at the deadline and you're, like, guaranteed a spot in the playoffs at that point, or, like, you know, you'd have to lose every single game to not make it, then I can entertain the option. But, like, things would have to be really yeah, clicking. exactly. You'd have to have Quinn Hughes take a massive step. You'd have to... Pedersen take a step. Niels Huglander be, like, a top six player. Like, everyone would have to take a step uh, and play basically like they did in the bubble year. Like, they have to all be playing to their You'd top potential. You literally have to be justifying it by saying, we need to maximize Pud Colson's ELC year. Like, yeah. I think Pud Colson's kind of a wild card in this because, you know, if Pud Colson comes in next year and he's just absolutely fantastic, and we have a clip from JT talking about Pud Colson where he said, like, you know, the sky is the limit for this kid, and JT is really high, high praise for obviously Pud Colson. Like, Pud Colson comes in, there's one thing that the last management regime did very poorly. I know there's a lot, but the one thing that we can really focus on is just completely wasting the ELC years of Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes, where those players were playing at a level near the top of the league, let's be honest, right? Like those guys, if they hit the open market, they'd be getting in their ELCs basically what they're getting now, if not more, especially in Elias Patterson's case, right? So yeah. when I look at that, like that that was a flaw of the last management regime. And, and guess what? Like, I know we have high hopes for Lakaramaki. I understand all that, but Slipot Colson's got two years left on his ELC. And if he performs like JT Miller's thinking he's going to perform in years two and three, you start to have to change your focus to maximizing his ELC. Right? Like that's maybe you your still window. Have Huglander on an ELC. He's another example. If he has a bounce back season and he's getting back sure, to, sure. to what same he principle. was in his first. Same if, principle, yeah. If it's progression from Huglander's rookie season, same thing. Like that that's kind of just adds to the equation. Now if you have both me. too. And that and that's what I'm saying. Like if you are getting the absolute best out of like you have to have really good seasons from your top players, but let's say you're getting like OEL back to somewhat like close to his prime at his age, right? He's not gonna be as fast as he was in his prime, but like say you're getting like an offensively 
very productive OEL. And let's say Spencer Martin in his 20 games is like a 920 save percentage guy. Okay. And he is legit. Like that's We're what I'm getting saying. a little pie in the no, sky I know. here. And this is why I'm saying that's the situation of keeping JT Miller and not trading him. Or okay, not I understand him what you're is very pie in the sky. Yeah. So all these things would need to happen. Okay. So for all him, these for me to be comfortable with them, just letting him walk. Very improbable things need to happen. I yeah. think we can agree on that. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm in the same camp there. I just think uh, I'd just be a little bit like I. I don't know. I don't know if they can get a deal done before training camp. No, I don't think because so. I feel like the hot spot to trade would have been a while ago. And yeah. I don't know if it happens in season. Like unless the Canucks are falling apart and JT Miller is just like carrying them on their back. I gotta. I okay. I gotta say something. If counter argument to myself, if Facilipod Colson and or Nils Hoglander are performing at ridiculous rates, right? Like that that's what we just outlined. Does it add to the argument for selling Miller? Because you have these players on ELCs who are doing great, and you have a chance to add another player who will be on an ELC one day, if it's a good first-round pick, right? You have the chance to add a young defenseman, which fills a hole that you have, no matter how well the team is performing. And again, it'd be pie in the sky to say that Tyler Myers turns back the clock and plays like he did in that 30-game stretch last year. Or Oliver ekman Larson switches to the right side and is fantastic and is the partner Quinn sure. Hughes has yeah. needed, right? Like, it's all pie in the sky. So I think what we're ultimately saying is even if everything clicks, you still want to be in a position where you could trade JT sure. Miller. But if everything clicks, they're in a playoff spot too. And you That's don't want to question, take, you don't want to change right? things up. You yeah, don't like, want to do a Joey Gallo Yankees thing. Sure. I don't know what that means, but okay. It just like, I, I just think that even like, I don't think that pod Coles and her Huglander are having a huge season changes much for like that singularly happening changes much for Miller's situation. No, it's I think like you right. already know, like the Canucks know that they have, they're going to have a good forward group for years yep, to come. You're right. And you're right. They got LeCare Mackey coming. Hopefully that Huglander can have a bounce back. You're pretty confident in Pod Coles and you just linked uh, Mikheyev for four years. Like you don't, you don't need JT Miller at this point to be like, Oh, but if he goes, our forward group is now one of the worst in the league. Like, no, it's not. They, they still have a lot of forwards and moving on from him to add a defenseman is still, still the move for me. Like they still need to improve the defense score before we start talking about them as a contender. Unless like we've mentioned earlier, Every single possible thing goes right. That's that's the only way I can see it happening this way. Otherwise, I, I do see the same vision that Jim Rutherford has where you either re-sign him on a deal that makes sense for the Canucks, which is a hard number to come up with, or you trade him for the organization's long run. Yeah, I think we agree on that. Okay, we have two more clips from Miller. We'll get to them on the other side. It's time for us to take a break. We're already at the 37-minute mark. Got to take a break. So here's a word from our sponsors. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we go any further into the episode, we have to give a quick shout out to our friends at Montana's. Montana's 
is the barbecue expert in Canada. They smoke their ribs in-house every day, and then they sauce and fire grill them to order. Montana's legendary all-you-can-eat ribs promotion is on now, seven days a week until the end of summer. Come in for all-you-can-eat ribs and get Montana's messy to win weekly prizes. Chris, do you have a little Montana story for us? I tell you, go get the apple uh, butter barbecue sauce, the best sauce they got there. And listen, the ribs are great. Do the all-you-can-eat ribs. But if you're not in the mood for ribs, four cheese spin dip. They got an incredible spinach dip in Montana, as you know it. And and you can find the barbecue sauce at the store as well. Take home a bottle with you. There you go. Apple butter barbecue. Excellent stuff. So be sure to go visit Montana's where they have certified smoke and grill masters doing all of the barbecuing with seven locations throughout British Columbia. Shout out Nanaimo. Including Nanaimo, British Columbia, Langley, Tawasin, Prince George, Victoria, Fort St. John, and Kelowna. Be sure to go check out Montana's Barbecue and Bar today. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. We said we'd do it. We got to get to it. This clip. JT Miller's praise. Yeah, we're only going to run one clip because the other one's very similar to the one. Yeah, we had exactly. Before. But let's uh, let's hear what uh, JT Miller, who sat beside Vasily Podkolz and all season long, he said in the interview. Um, what he said about Vasily Podkolz, obviously very promising, and uh, and it was funny hearing the host like, "Oh, I'm going to screw up this name." Podkolzin's not that hard to pronounce, man. Vasiliev Podslovan. Yeah. Shout out Steamer. We love Steamer. Come on. Cut me off the radio that one time, but yeah, hilarious. A good That's dude. why I love him. Yeah, I know. Uh, probably good for the radio anyways at the time. Um, but uh, let's get to it. Let's hear what JT Miller has to say about the Canucks rookie phenom. Is he a phenom? He's about to be. He's about to JT be. JT Miller. Here we go. JT Miller talking about Vasily Pod Colson. Yeah, I, I've said it this year. Um, he, he's got, like, I mean, unlimited potential. It's It's crazy. He could be the most powerful skater on the ice, have the most powerful shot on the ice, very humble young kid. He is wants to learn. First guy on, last guy off at the age of whatever, 2021. 20, he I mean, he's physically engaged. He's built like a man already. Uh they're, they're like the sky's the limit. You know, his biggest thing is the you know, the language barrier. And he, you know, but he's learned a lot and how much he learned this last year. I sit next to him in the room and I'm constantly busting him up and um mm-hmm it's he's just a great kid and not one guy doesn't like being around him and you know like i I mean i think everybody feels the same way i mean he's just a little more opportunity a little more understanding of the small ice and the and i i think just being around the english language a little more this guy's going to be an unbelievable player and i I don't know what the the top end is but i think it's really high and i i think he's going to score a lot of goals in the national hockey league jt miller sounding like a young chris faber with that Vasily Podkolz in praise. Good takes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's not wrong. Like, Podkolzin's a very good skater, and you started to see it click as the season went on. And, and the thing that he brought up is communication, right? And Podkolzin becoming more and more comfortable with English and how, you know, that helped him on the ice. He's, you know, not having to translate everything on the ice, if you will, right? Like, there's a lot of communication that happens on the ice, and if you struggle to communicate in the language, you're going to struggle. And I think that was what JT Miller was kind of alluding to uh, in that interview. That's the last clip we have. But folks, if you want to listen to the full interview, drop in the gloves podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Very similar from, to uh, ours from hockeyfights.com. Yeah. It's the official podcast of hockeyfights.com, which by the way is a nation network property, baby. Everybody love hockeyfights.com. Yeah, exactly. Hockeyfights.com. Go follow them on Except Instagram. For Instagram. Apparently they shut them down for all the violence. Yeah. It's like, it's hockey fights. It's not it's a sport. It's Does boxing sport. get taken off? Yeah, exactly. Can you not post boxing highlights because it's violent? I'm going to say UFC probably doesn't have a great following. Everything's getting taken down. Yeah, goodness. We might, yeah. Anyways. Okay, so yeah, go listen to that, uh, that full interview if you'd like. Uh, drop in the gloves. Full episode is in their podcast feed from a developed prospect with Facility Pike Colson to the World Juniors, Chris. That's sure. where we're taking it. Are we? Yanni no poll Yermo. question, eh? We'll get to it. Go. We'll get to okay. it. We'll get to it. I mean, the poll question is JT Miller related. Let's maybe wrap it up. Get done yeah. to the World Juniors. Okay. Prospects report finished like old times. Remember you, you and I oh, used to do yeah. prospect reports to close out the show? I forgot about Good times those. back then. There's no goalies in the... Hey, you uh, know, by the way, you know who else uh, I noticed this the other day? Jonathan Myrenberg already playing games. Um, just talked about him in a YouTube video, so I went back to look at some clips. He's already playing uh, preseason games with Mora. You're going to see more of uh, Myrenberg. 
this year when he's playing for Mora IK in the uh, Al Svenskin, already playing for him. So, uh, yeah, start. To, we'll get uh, we'll get some clips and back to the prospect report pretty soon here. Okay, our episode two eighty seven poll question. Yep, our Atlas Goods poll question. Pulling up on three hundred pretty quick, eh? What Atlas Goods? No, the show. Oh, what do you mean? We're episode 287. Oh, yeah, you're right. Episode 287, Atlas Goods poll question. Also, go give Atlas Goods a follow, folks. Atlas GDS Inc. on Twitter. At Atlas GDS INC on not, Twitter. Not Squid Inc. Like INC for people. Yes, incorporated. People get mixed up all the time with those yes. two. Okay. Go to locally owned atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 to get 15% off your first order of pop rinds. Folks, you've heard us talk about it before. They are the best fresh pork rinds straight from your air fryer or microwave. High in protein. Fantastic little snack, especially if you're getting after it uh, at the gym. Our poll question today. You crumble them up. You put them on your salad like croutons. Yes. Or you munch them like croutons. Or whatever you put you them want. in nachos like you did. Yep. All right. Our poll question today. Will JT Miller be a Canuck on January 1st, 2023? Chris, our options today, yes, no, go outside, you nerds. And as always, I'm angry. Chris, so far leading the vote, 50% of voters say yes, he will be a Canuck on January 1st, 2023. 33% are saying no. 9% say go outside, you nerds. 8% say they are angry. Tell you what, if JT Miller didn't do an interview... I wouldn't want to talk about it anymore, but he did an interview, so we talked about it. I would say yes, January 1st. Otherwise, if this was just the poll question and, and Miller didn't go on the Dropping the Gloves podcast, I would say go outside, you nerds. I'm going to say no. You say no, I say yeah. yes. I'm going to say... Actually, the more I think about it, the more he's probably just going to get traded at the trade deadline, right? Like, it's going to be a deadline deal because teams are a little bit desperate at that point. I think the only way... He gets traded earlier as if like a team loses their number one center, right? Like, let's say, knock on wood, obviously I don't want this to happen, but let's say McDavid goes down and he's out for six months or five months or whatever. He's going to be back in time for the playoffs, but the Edmonton Oilers have to get there first. Like, there's a team that wants JT Miller on their team. Sure. Right? Yeah. I think um, the other interesting thing to look at is like the way the quotes that Jim Rutherford has said, and this, this is not the exact quote, but the way that I remember him saying was like, Canucks pan- fans shouldn't panic until we're like a month before the trade deadline. So he's probably actively trying to find a deal. So there's a chance that it's dealt before January 1st. But yeah, I'm kind of in the camp of saying uh, that he's still a Canuck on January 1st anyways. Yeah, I think you're right. Honestly, like the more I think about it, yeah, that's probably accurate. What are you, uh, you're going on vacation next week. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, How excited are you to not have any JT Miller thing in your mind? Very, very. You have no idea. Because on the Patreon... When uh, your girlfriend joined us, she said the worst part about your job is having your life live on whatever JT Miller does. Yep. That's so right. So now you get a vacation. You getting White Claw quads going again? Yeah, to an extent. I'm not really going anywhere. Fair enough. So, you know. You'll be at the you'll be at the local establishments, though, a couple nights probably, I expect. Yeah, you would be correct in that assumption. Yep. I, uh, I did go to a Soyuz on my first vacation, right. which was very fun. But yeah, the whole time I was like, if JC Miller gets another, traded, uh, I got to go home. Another Lego set you're going to pick up for the vacation week here? We'll you got to get out on the weekend, go to the go to Legoland. Is that a place? Legoland's in California. Oh, okay. Where do you buy Legos right now? The Lego store in Guilford. There's a Lego store, only Lego? Guilford Mall. It's a Lego store. It's fantastic. There's one in Richmond, How big too. is it? It's only Lego. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. You should check it out. Have well, you never been a, to a Lego store? No, I'm not a big Lego guy after I was like, like even as a seven. Kid? Even as a kid, you never played with Lego. I've never like built a thing from Lego from like the the whatever the book. Like I just set. always had a tub of Lego and I'd build my See, own so, thing. So that was me too. I got yeah. my first set when I was like ten. And then I didn't play with Lego from the time I was like thirteen to like nineteen. Well my my fiance asked me this because she saw that you built I think this is a public this is on your public Instagram. You, you built the the big tower. Yeah, yeah. How tall is this tower? The again? Daily Bugle. It's thirty five inches tall. Thirty five inches tall. So three inches shorter than you. And it <laughs> how where do you put this thing? Uh, it is right under the TV. Under the TV. Yeah. See, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be allowed to pull that off in my own. You've house. got two TVs. Yeah, that's so, so sorry. I We're talked gonna go my off way the rails that. a little bit here because Faber says he can't swing a Lego set. But his fiance, not a thirty-five inch, a three-foot-tall Lego tower. I wouldn't be. My fiance wouldn't let me put that up somewhere. It, it looks great. 
It's fantastic. Shh. It's better than two TVs that Dude, don't no, match. Not. Your TVs aren't the same size. Does, they don't need to be the same size. Absolutely they do. If you're going to have dual monitors, which is basically what you have on a large scale, yeah. they need to be the same. You don't have No, they don't need to be the same they size. They absolutely do. And they both need to be mounted. You got one on a stand and you've got one above it yeah, mounted. One's one's a Grey's Anatomy TV, the other one's a sports TV. That's yeah, I don't know how you swung that. But that's the other thing. That's the, that was my argument cuz uh my fiance she hates baseball and baseball was always on four o'clock she gets off work she mm-hmm. shows up and the freaking jays are on so she didn't like that at all so we had a second tv sitting there got it mounted looks great now i just keep the jays on there no sound don't need sound for baseball really yep, that's fair you know turn it up when something cool starts happening but the the real reason is for me to just get double sports going when when football sundays start to come around yeah i, I mean all the power to you, man. It looks good, and the the mount's good. I can I can pull the TV out and turn it so the kitchen while I'm uh, cooking dinner or whatever. Oh, that's pretty sweet. So that part's cool. That is very cool, yeah. actually. Two TVs, good little setup. Or lately, I just been I've been playing FIFA lately. Play FIFA, FIFA's watch Sportsnet fun. on the bottom. FIFA's fun. See the goal I scored the other day? Ooh. Yeah. Well, I didn't score. It. Dude, I, I, I score a bunch of screamers in FIFA. I wish we could play FIFA together. Yeah, I know FIFA's fun. It'd be so fun if they. Buy I just it. pre-ordered the next one here. I just nice. just started playing. I bought it for twelve bucks. All right, uh, what are we doing? World Juniors here? Yeah, World Juniors. Let's get into it. Okay. We're at the you know forty-eight minute mark. Who do you want World first? Juniors. Give us Jonathan LeCaramacchi because that's the Canucks' number one prospect. And, and he's he at the just tournament. finished. We're recording this on Friday just after his game wrapped up. Um, got a point today. But I think the things that we heard about LeCaramacchi, and I think a reason why a lot of people liked Liam Ogren even more, mm-hmm. you're starting to see a little bit at the World Juniors. And I wouldn't say that, like, I wouldn't say that you should be like concerned from his play style, but he's definitely not like impressed just yet. And he's super young. He's got, he can play in this tournament two more times after this one. So this is just good experience for him in my eyes. And I think that that's the only expectations I really have for him is just like, just to play. If he plays every game for Sweden and he's never a healthy scratch, I think that's a fine thing for Jonathan LeCaramacchi at the point that he's at right now. I'm more concerned about what he looks like in the Alsvenskan than he does at this one one and done tournament, right? We'll see what happens. He'll be back in the winter anyways to, you know, with with all the players that are 20 years old not there. So it'll be a better opportunity for him, but just feels like he's been on the perimeter pretty hard, uh, kind of waiting for the play to come to him a little bit, which isn't too great. Like you're seeing his line mates really chase after the puck, and he's kind of, you know, sitting there on the right wing, waiting for the puck to come around the boards to him. And when it gets there, don't get me wrong, he's he's excellent. Like he's when the puck gets to his stick, he, he rarely makes mistakes with it. He he had a couple of giveaways on the power play uh, in game two just the other day against what was it Austria? I think they were just playing, um, or no Latvia. No, Austria, yeah, because Casper's there. Um, but um, uh, there's so much skill when the puck's on a stick. It's just unfortunate that he isn't going out and getting it himself. Like, it needs to come to him, and it's why he has a lot of success on the power play. He had a primary assist on the power play in Game 2 against Austria, but you can see why he would be a really good power play performer because there's a lot of skill there, but it just seems like at 5-on-5 five five, so far in this tournament, we're only two games in. There's no, They haven't played against tough competition yet either. It just it feels like he hasn't been going out and making things happen for himself just yet. Interesting. And you you bring up Ogren there, obviously. And again, that's another prospect that Canucks fans are aware of because, you know, there was reported interest from the club in him. But what are you expecting to see from Lakiramaki the rest of the tournament? And what would what would equal a successful tournament in your view? For Jonathan LeCaramacchi. Yeah, I'd like to see him just drive a little bit more and just create a little bit more at 5-on-5 five five and be able to be a guy who goes out, forces turnovers, and then does the magic that he has when the puck's on his stick. Like, go out and do it yourself type of thing. Don't let the play come to you. Um, but honestly, there's not like there's nothing he can really do at this tournament that would make me like disappointed or think that I like, start to worry about him yeah. like, as a prospect. He's so young. He's got two more years of doing this. I'm not worried about anything in this tournament for LeCaramacchi. It would just be nice to see him go off. Like, And he might he might get a really good run on the power play. He's on the second unit right now as the guy in the left half wall. Good opportunity for him in his right shot. But you know he'll probably score at some point here. That'll be great. Blow it up on Twitter. 600 likes on a tweet. That'll be awesome. Get to write an article about it. But uh, it would be great to see like that be a regular thing. And, and that might not come in this year's tournament. But the next two tournaments are going to be a lot of fun for LeCaramacchi. I just hope that... He's a little bit more active and less of a perimeter player by the time we get to those tournaments. I'm just not too worried about it at this one. Okay. Jacob Truscott, 
Yanni Yermo, the two other prospects at this tournament. Jacob Truscott, I got to tell you, I I had to get tapped in, tagged in, yeah, for duties mm-hmm. to watch Jacob Truscott and Team USA in the first game they played. This kid looks pretty good. Yeah, a lot of just, and I kind of wrote this in the last recap that I did for Canucks Army. Like, I can't tweet out every breakout pass, but when this tournament's over, uh, I am 100% going to go back and watch every single shift and put them all together to showcase how well he is at just making simple, good, long, strong breakout passes. Like, from his own hash marks, basically to the other end's blue line, with ease. Like he doesn't, you know, we used to lose our mind when only Levy would do that at the AHL level. We'd lose our mind. There'd be articles written about it. You would tweet about every uh, shift that he took. But like Truscott just does it with ease. And it's kind of because he's not relied upon to be the offensive guy. He does, they don't look at him as the puck mover, whether he's playing with Wyatt Kaiser, like he's been his, his player that he's been playing with a lot, who's, you know, an offensive guy, left shot player. And by the way, Truscott's playing the right side uh, when he's with Kaiser, but when he's with uh, Luke Hughes. Uh, which has kind of been like the last third periods for some yes, reason. They've, been putting they've, him with them. they've kind of just been running him out there with Hughes, I think, to kind of try some things out. Uh, and it's been a couple of blowout games for, for USA so far. Um, so he's, he plays the left side when he's with Hughes, even though Hughes is a right sh- or a left shot guy. Um, and that's kind of the same deal. Like the teams are just aware. They're like, we got to watch Hughes. He's going to break out the puck. And that opens up just enough space for Truscott to get real just, opportunities to make good breakout passes. And I don't think he's made many mistakes. Like if any, like honestly, like defending on the boards, he's got good physical positioning. It's just, he, he's not doing the flashy things that, that even Yanni Yermo has been kind of doing a little bit, but Truscott, he rings one off the crossbar in that, in that mm-hmm. second game as well. Like he's getting shots through. That's he, what I saw. He sure is. He's getting shots on. And I think a lot of that comes from being good at what, he needs to be good at to be to impact a roster like this. Like he's not the skilled guy. Okay. He's never going to be a number one defenseman, but he knows what makes him successful. And he's just so aware of what he has to do to be that. Like somebody tweeted at me and said, like it would a comparable be like Chris Tanev. And I think skill wise and like the way the Tanev plays, not, not really, but just like the mindset of being a defenseman. I think there is some similarities to the mindset of maybe how Chris Tanev plays. Like, you know, Truscott hasn't gotten his face in front of so many shots and doesn't block as much as Tanev, but like who does like, you're not going to be like that, but like just a mindset of being a defenseman. Like you can see some similarities there with Truscott and Tanev where it's just like whatever the team needs to have the most success, that player is willing to do it. You know, Truscott did that at Michigan last year. He's doing it for team USA right now. So really like what he's done so far in the world juniors, just nothing flashy aside from, you know, the way I wrote it in the article is like he, his game isn't loud. Like the loudest thing he did was hit the crossbar. That's, that's basically the way I would describe his game. It was like, he, he's not a loud player. He's very, just gets the job done. You're not going to talk about him. He's a defenseman and he does a really good job of doing that. Okay. Yoni Yermo. Tell me. Yeah. Up and down start for Yermo. He had a um, tough start to the, uh, to the world juniors. His first three shifts were horrible. Uh, he got benched after that one shift to the remainder of the period. But since then, like, he's really bounced back. I thought he made a really good defensive play the other day on a two-on-one after his uh, defense partner got flipped over into the bench. He made a really good job uh, laying down and not turning his brain off like Tyler Myers does sometimes when he does the slide. You know, Yermo actually, like, kept an active stick, active arms, and was able to break up a pass. Uh, offensively, still, like, the speed definitely shows. And I think the thing that Yermo's been having success with defensively as well is... Like he's bigger and stronger than a lot of these guys. You know, you're almost six foot four. He's 200 plus pounds. He's a big body and he's pushing on guys on the boards like he should be. Like when you're that big and you're playing in this tournament, you should be using your size. Like uh, Leon Bichsell, like the other the other year when he was at the U18s, watching him play against like Shane Wright and just pushing players, using your size when you're that much bigger and stronger than people. Like that's how I grew up. I was bigger and stronger than everyone in football. You could just push on people and the sport came to you pretty easy. Yermo's like taking advantage of that where a lot of big players don't, where in the simple situations where you're where the puck's jammed against the player's skate up against the boards, when you're big and strong, that just push the body around. Like you can do that. And I think that's what I've liked about Yermo uh, is he's able to do that and then combine that with his skating ability. Like he's, he had a really good game too for Finland. The question for me with both Truscott and Yermo now is going to be, what do they look like against 
Canada? What do they look like against, uh, whether it's like USA and Finland playing each other, what do they look like in those sort of situations or Sweden? Like how do they, is Yermo as fast as he actually looks when he's playing against Austria? Like when he plays against Canada, does he look that fast still? Mm. Like, and if he does, that's awesome. But Canada's a lot quicker than Austria and Latvia or Czechia. Like, yeah. He's got a, does he look fast against them? If he does, that's super impressive. But is the half second that you get taken away when you're playing against the top teams going to completely ruin your most game? Maybe. And, and that's worrisome. So, um, either way, you, you kind of need to see these guys play against top competition to really make an assessment. But so far, so good for the defenseman. And then LeCarrie Mackey, it's like, you know, we'll see what happens. And I, I'm not going to say that it's been like a bad tournament for him because I don't think he should have high expectations for a kid who's playing in his, you know, he could, this is the first of three that he'll be at the world juniors. So uh, I'm not too worried about his game, but so far so good. I think for the defenseman, let's see them play some tougher competition, get to some important games, semifinals, quarterfinals, and, and see how they look then. Connor Bedard, Vancouver native. Yeah. Canucks fan. Fantastic. At the World Juniors. Like, oh, ridiculous. The play he set up with yeah. McTavish, oh my gosh. Like, not only did he pull off the head fake to completely lose the defender, but he feeds McTavish with the cleanest saucer pass I've seen maybe ever. And then he gets open enough to get the return feed from McTavish before the defenseman can even figure out what's happening, and it's in the back of the net. Off Bedard's stick. That His shot, the little drag and shoot thing, I think the only person who does it better, Austin Matthews. And he, like, kind of invented that shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very similar look. And, and even... Bedard, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but shout out Thomas Drance. Um, Hello, thank you for calling Thomas Drance. Oh, he wasn't available. wasn't available, but he did write an article in The Athletic. New York Times author uh, Thomas Drance wrote an article about Connor Bedard, kind of a, a feature of Connor Bedard's history, kind of how he got to this point growing up in Lynn Valley. Shout out Lynn Valley. Um, you know, Growing up, kind of how he, and it sounds crazy to say it's going to make everybody feel old, but he watched Austin Matthews growing up, and that's where he got that shot, was watching Austin Matthews do it, and he said he just practiced that in his backyard yeah. a ton. No, I bet. You can see it. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, there are there are not a lot of players that can do that. It's just interesting to watch how Bedard um, simply just, like, changes the angle to create an opportunity for the puck to get on net. It's so impressive, man. It's it's incredibly impressive. Like, man, I tell you, if the Canucks fall out, the bottom falls out of the Canucks, they need to do everything. They need to go Brian Burke style and get that first overall pick at this next year's draft somehow, man. Like, yeah. if you can add Bedard, that would be unreal. Vancouver kid. He's been he's been fun to watch. Um, but I haven't watched Canada. I haven't actually watched Canada play this. I've only seen the, uh, the highlights. Hmm. Kind of tough with the World Juniors. I think there's a lot of things going on with Canada that don't really have me as locked into their team as much as the past whether it be certain things going on away from the rink or just the fact that it's in the summer i just i don't really care for canada that much right now if i'm being honest i'm, I'm watching oh, the we're World watching Juniors. the next prospects we're yeah. doing our job uh, exactly i'm doing my job i'm watching the prospects but i don't i don't really i just like Connor bedard yeah i think bedard's great I, I i wish the best for all these kids with hockey canada but it's hard to support hockey canada if i'm being honest that's fair very fair so, okay we'll close it, it out there, there. Well, you go. You close it out. I got it. I'm waiting for you to close out. Then I'll do the the thing here. I was gonna here. say I was leaving it for you. You told me at the break you wanted well, to close it out. Well, is there another ad I got to say here at the end? Here, or what's no, going we on? We don't have sponsor? an ad at the end. Close out with a sponsor. Actually, there, there's a pre. There's like a pre-recorded one that goes up. Yeah. Okay. We don't have to say anything. No. Okay. I want it. So we're done. Are you done? I'm done. You going to get? Uh, we'll go get some pasta at the. We'll That's go right. to the market. We'll get some homemade pasta. It. Yeah. They had uh, pasta. What's the? Uh, it's long fat noodles. It was something glatini or linguini. No. Like big fat ones, uh, fettuccine. No, even fatter than that. Like they're huge. Uh, anyways, Pagliati, Pagliatas. I don't know. David Pagnota, something like that. Um, all right, let, I got a t- I got a song to test here because I'm working on. I think we're gonna have a couple of different intros, maybe for the for the YouTube when that gets going here in uh, a month. Was it Pappardelle? Yes, that's it right yeah, there. Big it. old fat noodles. Yeah. yeah. Took me a second. They were good ones. Look up uh, Hollow Spaghetti. See what that was. That's what I had, and that one was really good. But anyways, I got a song to, to try out here because it's uh, it's from the same band that does our intro, Wise Young Blood. Shout out to them. Jeez. Wise Young Blood. That's what they're called. 
Bucatini. That's what I had. Bucatini. Yeah. It, might, it was good. It might be pronounced Bucha. Bucatini. Okay. Either way, it was good. It took three minutes. Fresh pasta. Boom. You Maybe cook it I three just minutes. Butchered the pronunciation of that. All right. You're done. That's zinger. It. Close uh, it out with a zinger. I mixed it with just butter and Parmesan and pepper. Parmesan. No, don't. Parmesan. Parmesan. Um, okay. With a Z. Same band that does our intro. This is a song I was thinking about using for another one of the intros, whether it's like, uh, you know, I don't know if this will be the full-time one on YouTube, if this will change things around, but I think we want to change to have a little bit of a shorter one. So I'm just going to play the full song uh, to close out the episode. Shout out to our friends at Wise Young Blood. Uh, we'll play this song to close out, and uh, we'll see you for the next episode on Tuesday when you're on vacation. Got a special guest uh, host coming in I'm for excited. us. I'm excited. All right. Wise Young Blood, Break Free. Potential new intro song for the show. You got me on the run, I better grab my gun, my bullets they come a ripping, rip ripping for you. You got me on the streets, they came a hide and seek, when I am up into trouble. to Canucks Conversation, delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?